Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, Emma, for a few, a few weeks ago, you had your, you had your name in Irish on on instagram and you changed it back to english what happened there it's not back to english is it it is yeah oh, it's okay. i didn't mean for it to be no no i always wanted it to be to be irish i thought it was still a major yeah. yeah. and i actually prefer to be called the irish but yeah stays and i can't be telling people the whole time you know so one thing i noticed um is you do tend to drop an old couple of fuckle every now and then yeah yeah um, a couple of fucker would be, uh, just for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, a couple of words in Irish. Um, how did that start? Like, are you passionate about the Irish language? Or I always loved Irish. I, I always loved the Irish language, and I'm always trying to build on my Irish vocabulary. It's not something that I'm fluent in yet, but with the help of Duolingo, I'm kind of getting there. <laughs> um, and there was a poet that I love, John Cummins. Um, he's in a band now called Shackalack, but John Cummins was the first person I ever saw like reciting stuff in English and then just throwing a couple of Irish words as opposed to writing an Irish poem and it just it, it blew my mind you know what I mean and it made me feel so proud in a sense and it made me really feel a lot of emotions that um, that were all positive and just such a, a a connection to it and I kind of said why don't why don't I just do that you know yeah. and I tried to do it a little bit in a, in conversation and stuff um, not too well but when I'm drunk I try to do it a little bit <laughs> or um, when I talk when I talk to my girlfriend I try to speak in she's from Russia so I try to speak in Russian and I just think it's really important that I always try to build on any and every vocabulary you know yeah um, when you were growing up learning Irish in school did you have any passion for it at that point oh, I had I had a passion for it but I didn't have a passion for school in general so yeah. school for me was good but I just didn't put the focus that I should have put into yeah. it you know and I do wish that I learned more Irish in school yeah um I just think I was too focused elsewhere I had a massive I still have a massive issue with the the Irish education system okay so when I was in school I kind of felt like I shouldn't have been forced to learn stuff that I didn't want to learn yeah which in turn made me rebellious which wasn't a good idea yeah. Because now that I've grown up, and my mother used to always say it to me, she said, "When you grow up, you're gonna regret." It. And yeah. I do, like you know. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to make up for it now. 
right. Um, whereabouts did you go to school? St. Declan's Cabra. In? St. Declan's College Cabra. All right, very good. Yeah, um, nice Yeah. <laughs> All right, sort of. Like, yeah. Um, and can I ask, like, because I was thinking about this before I was talking to you, right? Um, I'm, I'm guessing I'm a little bit older than you. Um, <laughs> just, a little bit, just a little bit. I wore this shirt today to make it seem like I was a little bit younger, you know? <laughs> retired golfer here <laughs> two weeks it's kind of yeah it's got that kind of 1970 it's all the rage these days that's when you were born right? <laughs> um if i had said to some of my mates when i was younger it's different now because times have changed and we've grown up a little bit but if i had said to my mates when i was younger that i you know spend some of my spare time writing poetry they might not have laughed at me but i would have afraid they would have laughed at me yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was similar. Um, I actually started off rapping before I done poetry. Okay. So I used to always go to house parties. I used to write, like, I wrote poetry and I wrote rap and sometimes I write lyrics. I'm just always writing stuff. But I used to go to house parties and I used to rap because when it was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and, yeah, and like, the lads are giving you a drink and, you know, there's a joint getting passed around just smoking it. And that's where it came from. And then the rap turned into poetry. Now, one thing that I found was that, particularly with the spoken word that I do, um, I like to be extremely casual and almost outrageous in a, in a sense where I talk about everyday topics as opposed to just these heavy, heavy topics because that's what poetry is a lot of. It's your emotions and it's deep. It doesn't have to yeah. be negative. It's always deep. And I said, if you touch just a surface level, you can attract more people in. Yeah. Because it's, 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 like poetry, is a, there's a stereotype around it. Yeah. Like if you ask people why they don't like poetry, they just they just say, Oh I don't know, look it's too uh, too hard or something, you know? Yeah. But if you can touch people and resonate with people on that surface level and then bring them with you on a journey, it yeah. can be done. And I feel like I don't know how old you are, I'll give you like twenty seven, but like <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I definitely think we also live in a society nowadays that is way more accepting. And I think it's changed drastically in the past maybe ten, twenty years. So I I think the the idea that that young lads are kind of ripping it out of each other, I just don't think it exists anymore. You know? I see so many eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds that are coming in and doing poetry, and it's unbelievable. And yeah, it's it's a popular great. thing now. Yeah. It's it's taken away. I was only actually talking earlier on. And I was saying like I was doing a gig last night in Chennai, and I'm looking at people, and I'm like, this is not. When I started off, and what it is now is two completely separate things, and it's on such an incline. Um, so I think it's more accepted now. Why do you think that's happened? Um, like the caliber of artists in 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 Ireland with spoken word at the minute is probably the best. I think I'm gonna put it the best in the world. To be honest with you, um, from my experience, like America is fantastic, Canada is fantastic, but I think Irish poetry now is the best that it has ever been. We've have like people who are legends, right? So you have like John Cummins or Colum Keegan. Um, Lewis Kenny and these lads are like legends in the scene but because the scene is so new they're still performing you got like Emma Kerwin who is currently one of the best spoken word artists in the in the country with Stephen James Smith who's the same they're still performing and then you have the new lads coming in like myself and um, like a Ned Dunn Leon Dunn uh, all these people are coming in Fiona O'Loughlin's another one so you've got a 10 15 year or years worth of talent that congregates together now mm -hmm. and i just think it's it's i don't think anyone can build around that. that yeah i, I don't think the influx of uh, foreign people and expats and all that has a 
positive outcome on that as well. Right? Big time, big time. Yeah, yeah. I think like there's a, a night that goes on at the minute up past Stevens Gray and oh, forget it now. It's a Brazilian night. It's not Dicey's, is it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's an event, right? And they do spoken word and they do art. These are like Brazilian people coming in speaking Portuguese. I haven't a clue what they're saying, but I love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when they're saying, when I'm reading my poetry, they haven't a clue what I'm saying, Same but they still love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to people in places, 100%. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, it's a massive part to play. I think going back to what you were saying, um, the question, what was the question you asked me again? I had a good point. <laughs> I was asking you how, like, how has it developed, like the that scene around here uh, in Dublin? Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's been such a natural development. I just think the passion and the 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 the, the work ethic that people have now is yeah. insane. It's actually insane. I'm looking at people that are six months in here in performance or whatever, and they're looking at setting up these gigs and they're looking at just expanding, expanding, expanding. Um, and then also we have help from the best. Like the one thing about the poetry community that's beautiful is you can meet your hero and they are just kind of like, yeah, just another dude. Like I, I loved Emma Kerwin so much when I started off. I loved him, and I remember hearing Heartbreak for the first time. Probably, in my opinion, it's up there with some of the best spoken word pieces ever. But when he done that, and I met him for the first time in the Gay Theatre, and I remember at the time I thought it was a legend. It was like cold out, and I had this fur coat on. Right, it was this like. It went down to my knees, kind of job. Like the thing made me look massive, and it was so embarrassing <laughs> in hindsight. Like, you know, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, like actually one of them. Do you know what I mean? And I walked up to him, and I was like, "Oh man, I love your stuff. I love your stuff." And we went drinking. I think we had a point or two together, and then I was just like, "This is this is almost like a mate now." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and every time I've needed him, he's been there. And when you surround yourself with the best, you're gonna become one of the best. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's it's inevitable that it's still gonna get higher. Do you think that's something that's uniquely Irish? What happened between the two of you there, um, or it had nothing to do with that? I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with, with, with uniquely being Irish. No, because I met actually funny story. Shane Coyzan, a Canadian poet, okay. uh, he has the poem "Pork Chop." I think it's called. It was mad viral when I was younger. And um, before I started doing poetry, my mom took me to see him, Stephen James Smith, and Colum and Phil Lynch. They done the night called Lingo, right? I remember at one point Shane turned around in the crowd and he goes, I love Ireland, but the weed is really expensive. Okay. <laughs> and everyone started laughing and I was like, that's a mad thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so he finished the gig and I walked up to him afterwards. He's doing a book sign and I was with my mom. And I was like, I really love what, you, love what you're doing, man. Um, you, you're after inspiring me. I think I'm going to start performing. Said sound. My mom left. And uh, I was sitting there and I was like, you know what, here's here's something for your little travels, you know, thanks very much. <laughs> Two, three years passed by, he was playing again in Dublin. And uh, I got a call from Colm and Colm was like, yeah, you're going to support him. I was freaking out. Dude walked wow. right into the room and he was like, Emma, how are you? I saw your gig last night. Wow. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to say, you know, I started chatting to him. And he was like, I remember you from, from two, three years ago. I remember when you said that you're starting off and I love what you're doing now. And I think oh, it's wow. not an Irish thing. I think it's a poetry thing. Because it's such an, uh, the idea of poetry becoming an industry, and I hate the word industry, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like de- developing and coming almost like a business, right? Um, It's very new. And what we were known as beforehand, the Druids and the Filioct, we would just go into pubs and we just recite poems and we just do it for the love of it, right? Yeah. So you have people now that 
don't really care about it in a business sense. They just care about it in sharing art. Yeah. And when you have that, you connect with a lot more people in a lot more different ways. Yeah. It's probably the best aspect of spoken word. Is there a business aspect to it? I have no idea. Yeah. Like, can it become that? Yeah, it's like, can you make poetry a full-time career? Probably not. Uh, at the minute, no. I think some people are doing it, but there is definitely a, a business to it. So there's poetry performance, event organization, festivals, yeah. uh, teaching, workshopping, yeah, um, you can make money off so many different ways now in poetry, you know. And yeah. the idea of like poetry workshops, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, like I don't think it was what it is now. Yeah, um, I'm after securing a couple of couple of workshops at the minute, and I remember walking in, there were the dreaded question like, "How much do you want to get paid? How long is a piece of string?" Kind of, you know. <laughs> but I, I kind of was like, I remember sitting down for dinner with them, and I was like, I "Right, there's two classes in a day, so that's two hours." So. 150 do you know what i mean yeah. and they kind of were like well, where'd you get that from and i hadn't a clue <laughs> <laughs> not a list of expenses or anything yeah i was like well 50 quid for the class and the bus fare is probably i don't know a tenner <laughs> a week or something but um they i kind of felt like i should have known these things because it is the norm now yeah. you know it's becoming a business and i think that's extremely detrimental and i think it's extremely positive and i still don't know how i feel about it do you know what i mean okay. um i think it can ruin a lot yeah. Um and I, I'm starting to see it kinda more and more now as poetry expands and the community expands. You're looking at people who come in six months into writing, they're talking about, Oh, I wanna get paid now and I wanna get money now and I'm like, You're just missing the point of this. Do you know, it's not you're not in this for monetary gain. There's a lad Callie Ryan. Callie Ryan wrote uh, three men talking about things they kind of know about, I think it's called, or something like that. It was a poetry play, it was in the Fringe. Massive play it was. And I remember going to the anniversary of it, and Callie Ryan said, it was the best thing ever, he goes, everybody talked about the poetry scene, right? You have to get in the scene. Right. You have to know what the scene is all about. And you spend your whole time wanting to be in the scene, and you go to a gig, and the scene is just seven people sitting in a corner. Yeah. And they're reading poetry. And that that was when I, when I started, that's how it went, do you know? Yeah. And there was no money in it. There was no business side of it per se. That gave me even more of a drive. Yeah. Because I, I remember sitting and I remember talking to the like of Luke and stuff like that when I first started going to a night called the Circle Sessions in the International. And I, uh, I remember going in and saying to myself, I want to pick out the best, best poem tonight or the best song tonight, the best lyrics tonight. And I want to go home and I want to match that, if not beat that, right? Gave me such a drive. And I... I'm curious now, are people coming in for the same reason? There obviously is some, but I also definitely think there's some people coming in. So you were you were in there to try and match the quality. Your your kind of aim was to be like, how can I get you know create As the best content like possibly can? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was always, it was always not not even necessarily about being the best, right? Yeah. It's not about being the best poet or spoken word artist. It's about being the best person that you can be. All right. The, when, when for me anyway creating an art and poetry when i finish a poem like when i wrote i remember writing the north side for when i wrote that it was like one of the first spoken word pieces that i ever released when i finished that i felt a high that i don't think i've ever felt before and i don't think i can ever feel it again mm -hmm. um it's it's just something different you started off with nothing and you finished with something that resonates with other humans on the on the earth, something that you're proud of. And what did it cost me? Nothing. It cost me 
it didn't even cost me my time because it wasn't yeah. I don't think I'm spending my time there. I just think I'm just Oh man, and it's just a feeling like no water, right? So it's not about being the best. It's just about developing as a human being and developing as an artist. And I think your life as an artist and your life as a human being, they just come hand in hand. Yeah. When people say you play a character on stage, I hate when people play characters on stage. Yeah. You just play a different version of yourself on stage. Yeah. So when you, the stuff that I've written about and when I finish writing it, it makes me think in ways that I didn't think before. And it's kind of changed my views. Like when I was younger, because of where I came from, I was mad into the... You know, like one of the boys. Yeah. You know, and like trying to speak as dirty as I can, trying to come across like a hard man, even though I wasn't there, like just sculling cans and going out in a session just to do it. And then when I started writing poetry, I was like, now this is something now that I love. This is something that I'm good at. And it made me stop the other things in life. Do you yeah. know, it's a purpose. We all have yeah. a purpose. And that's. It kind of gave you a sense of like, I can do this and I can like get out of that other version of myself that I, that I, I was or that I am or whatever there's times that I write and it's not a thing of like oh I just start writing and I don't know what I'm writing about right but there's times when I'm writing a poem and I just there's no way of explaining it I'm not even here mm. so now I'm I'm in a completely different space and it doesn't matter what I'm even though I'm creating it doesn't matter what I'm doing in that space because how I'm feeling while I'm doing it is just so good is that because you can afford better weed now or <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> um, go for it Jake yeah yeah surround yourself in it just completely immerse yourself in it because there's well, I love when people ask me this question, right? Because what you're saying is that you don't do it too much, but you want to get into it. And it's just so easy to get into it once you start, right? So immerse yourself in it. When you're going home tonight, I don't know if you listen to Spotify or anything like that, just just listen to a poem. Sit down and listen to like a Stephen James Smith, Dublin You Are, or My Ireland. Listen to either one of those poems tonight. And then look up if you want to go and see a gig. You don't have to perform to be involved, you know? But just immerse yourself in it because once you see what people are creating, you will start creating it because you want it and the desire is there, you know? So I have an issue. I like writing things when... But I can write things sometimes when I'm in a particular headspace. If I ever try to sit down and write something, I, I can't. Yeah. It has to happen or it doesn't yeah. happen. And I can't write anything positive either. Welcome to being a poet, nope, man. No, nope. <laughs> nobody listens and watches that anyway. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's how it should be, you know. I don't think um, I don't think you can force yourself to sit down and write. And I think if you're doing it, I don't think you're doing it the correct way. And that's what like another thing about business when you when, when people start writing like commission pieces, I, I don't understand that. And I, no, knock on people, you know, go and get your money. But I don't think I'd physically be able to do that. I don't think I'd be able to just sit down and be like, oh, Brennan's bread, let's write a poem about it. So don't force yourself to it. Just do it. And whenever you want to do it, do it. Like, why? Always ask, why are you creating? And the, the, the answer should always be because you just want to do it, right? And it doesn't matter when you do it or how you do it, what you're writing about. As long as you're doing it. Just walk away. 
you said you said earlier on um that your mom got you into this uh gig to to watch this fellow you were from canada um how much of an influence was she in in, in kind of inspiring you to start writing poetry um to start writing I, I have to be dead honest with you not too much her father did though my okay. granddad um so his dad who was my great-grandfather wrote limericks okay um and then he was i don't know if he was i think he wrote a little bit but he was just a geezer like you know he was just like uh you know bang bang like why is bang bang famous because he's a lad you know my yeah. granddad was just one of those people and he always never encouraged me to to necessarily write but he just always encouraged me to be happy and just do what i wanted to do in life yeah and um, my mom influenced me a lot in general um not necessarily was starting poetry okay but my mother was a fantastic artist so she crochets a lot and she stitches a lot and art just came to her in a different way mm -hmm. and i think through that she inspired me you yeah. know the i done a show um it's kind of like a one-man play i guess you could call it called uh, speckled doves it was called um and it was all about my mother and a cross stitch that she had on the wall in the hallway when you came in and I remember her saying to me, she was like, oh, that, that looks like a very Van Gogh piece, you know? And I was like, well, I, I don't know why. It, it just looks like your piece. And yeah, it yeah. didn't have to be a Van Gogh piece or whatever. But then uh, I wrote a poem based off that. And she was a very creative person. So I think it, it swings around as well. It's like, I think yeah. she inspired me indirectly. Um, I don't know what inspired me to, to write poetry, though, to be honest with you. It's kind of sometimes I think if when it's something that's, it's like, Actually, when people ask me, and I was asked earlier on, what, like, why we started this podcast, I actually, I, I don't even really know. I know there was lots of different reasons, but I don't know what the principal one was. Um, so maybe it's something like that for you as well, that kind of, you just, you just started doing it, maybe for one thing or the other thing or another thing, and you, but main thing is, you, 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 you like it, now mm. you, you enjoy it, and you kind of forget why what the per reason was exactly yeah because yeah. i think every everything these days is like you need a reason to be doing anything like what are you doing with your time and why um and if you can find something that you're doing and you you enjoy it you don't know why and it's not completely destroying yourself or the people around you then you know you should try and keep doing that and and, and producing that or whatever it might be the song i'm not religious but i'm very spiritual right and i definitely believe that there's specific levels of consciousness that people live on right and you can touch different levels of consciousness right mm -hmm. sort of like an outer body feeling stream of consciousness stuff like this right and i firmly believe that there are a million different outcomes to how any second of your life could go and i think poetry for me was just when they all aligned in a beautiful way Um, so i, I can actually remember the first poem that i ever wrote i used to like i talked about it in my show i used to write like a lot of lines i just wrote how i feel but the first poem that i ever wrote about uh it's actually gonna get a bit dark but um my, my mate i had a friend that died um in a hit and run when when he was 12 and we were all 12 as well and uh, i remember when something like that happens I, I can i can still remember bits and pieces of the night um and it was it, it was hard, but I remember afterwards just wanting to write about it. Mm. Um, and I remember my counselor. I went to counseling afterwards, not just for that, but just mm -hmm. I think I, I think counseling is a great thing for everyone to do. But I remember my counselor saying to me, she was like, "You should just 
you know, write how you feel or draw how how you feel or whatever. And I remember sitting there, like, that's bollocks. <laughs> but then I went home and I done it. And so when I wrote the poem, it was a mixture of getting the good advice from a counsellor, a natural desire to want to express myself. Um, um, my family are very creative, so I feel I have that creative gene in me. And I was just about 13 at the time, and I had a very good English teacher in secondary school, Mr. Watson, his name was. And he was a fantastic poet, uh, a fantastic like poetry reader or understanding. He had a fantastic understanding of poetry, and he just used to encapsulate me, you know. And um, so all of those aligned, and I started writing. And then just once I started, I just wasn't stopping. You know? yeah. And I used to like, like I said, like I wrote rap, and I, I think from when I wrote my, I wrote my first poem, and then I performed. Like there was a five, five year difference, and I feel like that was also beautiful mm. because if I would have started performing poetry at fourteen, fifteen, it might have been different. But I gave myself that time because I was invested in wanting to be looking better or whatever in rap. Realized that rap just wasn't for me, and then when poetry came in, I, had, I had just honed such a craft. Yeah, you know everything aligned. Yeah, everything was just aligned, and and it worked well. And um, are you this passionate about everything? And you're like, like, you're just like listening to you talk. Like, I don't know, you've you've got a little bit of an aura or a charisma about you, but I'm I wonder is it is it like really this love of poetry that you're that is kind of coming out of you, or if we started talking about like different types of milk in the supermarket now, would, <laughs> would, would I also would you also be like? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, um. I've got a massive love for life. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's brilliant. That's good. And uh, so, I, I, like, the, I went through a lot at a young age, right? Yeah. And I, and I tend to not really talk too much about it. But when I was, I remember being nineteen years of age. I was addicted to drugs. I had flat out drinking. I was had a, I had a family, right? And, and this is something that I still can't really understand. I had a family. I had a, it wasn't a perfect family but it was a support family I had a home I had a bed and I would spend every day out on the session waking up on someone's couch I remember there were times that I, I, I used to wake up and just start doing Xanax yeah so I'd wake up at 8am and do a Xanax and then I, I remember I, t I just turned around and said if you fight to sleep the bulls it's going to be phenomenal right mm -hmm. and I was just constantly chasing a, a, some form of a buzz uh, um then I started doing poetry. I started doing performance and I started meeting these people. It wasn't even necessarily poetry. It was just from meeting people and, and watching small things. I remember sitting downstairs in the International, um, the International Bar one of the nights, completely sober. Um, and I don't know why I was sober. I remember looking around and just saying, the happiness that people are, are feeling now, the happiness that they hold, and, and I want that. You know, And I'm not going to be sour about it. I don't want to be bitter about it. I don't want to hate them because I'm not where they are. I want to reach up and become them. Yeah. And that's what like people have done for years to me. And like Luke, Luke does it. I just have to reference him like, cause he does do it a lot for me. Um, so I, I just gain, I gain such a, an appreciation for life. And like, yeah, look, there's, there's things that I get annoyed about or things that I don't want to talk about. But um, I like, I think passion is, is needed. Can I ask if you were chatting to someone who was 19 in a similar situation to you were and they asked you the question of like or maybe you said like listen I think I should give you I want to give you a little bit of advice 
or is there advice to give that person or is it something they have to find by themselves you know how like it sounds to me that the difference between you at 19 you know waking up taking the xanax or whatever and maybe you were having a great time maybe it was all very positive but you know probably in the long term it wasn't i imagine it was destructive um what is the main difference the community of people that you were surrounded by because you started talking to me there about you know you're waking up on your mate's couch and then you, you you mentioned then being surrounded by people who are enjoying poetry so the main thing that i see the difference therein is you saw people that's like you know to say getting high off different things mm-hmm. and you decided to surround yourself with that second group is that anything to do with it or or, or? it's a mixture of everything i think yeah. I, I don't think you can whittle it down to one thing i definitely believe when it when it comes to life i think there's two versions of people those who want to explore and those who want to escape right uh, i remember one of my mates told me that when he's talking to me about drugs he was like when, when people do drugs they either do them to explore or they do them to escape. Yeah. That's that's the purpose. And I adapted that into life, right? And I think it's a good point. You you encapsulate yourself in environments. Why? Because you're either trying to escape something and you surround yourself with people who also want to escape something, or you want to explore more parts of life. So you surround yourself with people who want to explore more parts of life. Personally, what do you want to do in your personal life? Do you want to escape the way that your life is, or do you want to dive more into the person that you are? And that's what I always whittled down to me for, you know. So uh, I could have had, if I, if, even when I was 19, I'd go to the international and I'd look at these second group of people and I would say, I want to become that person and I still wouldn't. Yeah. And I don't think there was anything that anyone could have done to make me want to become that person. I don't know how to explain it. It's really hard. You, you deep down you want to become, but then you, you get that little quick fix. Yeah. You know, you still go home, you're still at a gaff at 10 o'clock and you don't have to talk too much about anything. You're very comfortable now. You can just escape. You can escape everything, right? And um, I think your environment can be really good, but it can still have a negative outcome if you don't want to change. You're not ready, yeah. And I think if you're a negative person in a positive group, it's like a parasite. You can eat away at other people as well, you know? Yeah. To make sure you need to have a good surrounding, you need to have a good kind of mentality and you need to want, always want the best for yourself. Yeah. The first person that has to make change is you. You don't want to do it for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And you should, I don't think anyone should ever be stagnant. Yeah. I think you should always be either, you're going up and down, but you should always be aiming to go because everybody can just be better. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you have to have that desire. Mm. And I feel like it's it's something that I love to do. And look, I love I love hearing the fact that you, you think I'm passionate about stuff because it just shows that it can be a two litre of milk in a shop. <laughs> yeah. That's your two litre of milk though. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask you? Sorry. Uh, of course, absolutely. Yes, hundred percent. I think I think all our forms can, right? But I definitely think there's an element of poetry that's way more 
personal than other art forms. So when you're a musician, you you have your words and you have a melody and you're able to to not necessarily hide behind the melody, but a melody can make you feel a specific set of emotions and then lyrics can make you feel a different specific. Yeah. When it's poetry, you've got words. You haven't got anything else. And what you're saying is what's resonating with people. And it has to be personal. I think there has to be an element of, not necessarily even about yourself specifically, but it just has to be really in touch with the emotions that you're feeling. I think that's crucial when it comes to mental health. And I think poetry can make, it has a really beautiful way of not telling you how to feel, but making you feel, you know? So I have a, the, I have a poem that I've written out, The North Side, like I was saying earlier on, and that's all about when I was younger, I, 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 was, I knew that I was a bisexual man, but I couldn't talk about it because I felt like where I grew up, you'd be just known as the gay lad or whatever, you know? Um, so... I, when I do that poem, there's people that come up to me and people that say to me, I love the the openness about your sexuality in this poem. Then I have other people that come up and say, I love how you talk about living in this area. Then I have other people that come up and say, I love how you talk about the lower class and the stereotypes that people have. And I didn't intend to make anyone feel that. I just always wanted to talk about the, the sexuality aspect. Yeah. And I was, when I wrote the Northside, I was talking down on where I lived. And then even people will come up to me and they'll get angry with me and they'll be like, you talk, you were talking your area down. But you're still feeling something, right? And you're still feeling that emotion. So, yeah, I, I can't really answer why it's there, but I do agree with you that it is there. Um, and I, I, I think it should be used to tap into emotions that you necessarily, you don't necessarily want to feel, but you have to feel them, you know? Uh, I read some poems and like I'm, I'm happy, but I cry. I don't get it, you know? I really don't get it. Uh, Charles Bukowski has a poem. It's a blue board. And, um, I think my interpretation of it is that it's about depression. So he has this, the poem's all about, he has this board trapped inside of him, but he doesn't let him out, right? Mm. And, I, and there was a line in it. So I was reading it, and I was really like kind of, oh, this is this is a really deep but then he says uh don't quote me word for word it's like i have a blue board in my chest but i can't let him out because once i do i won't be able to write and i remember reading that and i i broke like i was sitting just sitting in the bed and i just started bawling my eyes out and i was like that's a, a really deep truth that when you write you can't always let yourself be happy sometimes you have to shove that it has to be from the deep you know <sighs> Yeah, from, from pain, basically what he's saying, because blue probably recognize, you know, blue feeling sad, feeling blue. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, that is kind of uh, the crux, I guess, of being uh, and it is true. Like you even stick on music, right? How many of the songs are happy songs? There's not, you know, you know, how many of the deep and meaning or the the real? I don't want to say deep. It doesn't have to be deep, but the meaningful songs are are, are really better, and you know, this. I think what you're saying is, is very true. I think like what you're doing in general is is for me is it's amazing to see, man. I'm absolutely delighted. There's people like you out there who, um, you know, first of all have managed to. I don't know, like necessarily if if it comes from your like bluebird or if it comes from pain, but are like you know turning that into a a positive thing, very very positive thing. Um, I think what like I've seen what you've done on Instagram. I think it does relate to other people. You know what I mean? You you do 
transmit it in a way that it's not kind of hoity-toity kind of like mm-hmm. you know walking around with a big James Joyce scarf or whatever avant-garde yeah. they call it yeah, yeah. well I also like the way that you're confident about it though because there was a guy we were talking it was supposed to be live on YouTube last week as well but we lost it all um, but Ross uh, he made a he made a really interesting point when we were chatting to him he goes Is this Ross McCarrick no he used to be on our podcast as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, different Ross um, he was saying you know like because he, he's like a historian basically and we we're talking about different things and he goes he goes you know like James Joyce and all these fellas were like like obnoxiously confident yeah. you know like he was like James Joyce said you could recreate Dublin from Ulysses you know how, how confident do you have to be to say that you know my writing is so good that if Dublin was destroyed in a nuclear bomb you could build it brick for brick my writing is so descriptively good that you could rebuild the whole thing mm. but it's nice to I'm not saying that you're like that but I'm saying it's nice to see <laughs> that you have confidence in what you're you're doing you know what I mean and that you you obviously very much enjoy it but most of all like as as you said is the passion that you have for it is is contagious I think probably people like listening to you here now will be like Oh, you know, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go write a poem now and again. <laughs> no, they should, man. But they should. But they absolutely should. Confidence, confidence is often mistaken. Sorry, confidence is often mistaken for ego, right? And and ego is a great thing. Once it's not too much, right? Confidence. There is no such thing as too much confidence. I feel, do you know, because if it, confidence without an ego is just wanting to be the best that you can be, and if you put the work in then why not claim that, you know? Yeah. I'm not even a fan of James Joyce, yeah, but yeah. I still think he was one, he was an amazing writer and I still think he was, I, I think Brendan Bean was 10 times better, but I still, I think, yeah. like jo- Joyce was a fantastic writer and he had the confidence because he was doing it when yeah. when people weren't doing it, you know what I mean? And I think if you have enough confidence in the right way, it will naturally progress into wanting to see other people have that confidence as opposed to wanting to hold confidence. I think if, if your desire is just to hold confidence for a personal gain, you're doing it wrong. Mm. The reason why you should be confident in something is because you put the, the work into it. And it, like the work that I put into it, it, it is mind-numbing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's insane. And people don't, I don't think a lot of people understand the work that you put into being an artist. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm like, I'd say easily six days, six days a week. Um, like I'm working a normal job, say from eight to four. Then I go home, have me dinner. I'm back at six. I'm writing till about half seven. Then at half seven, I'll go out and go to a gig. If I'm not at a gig, I'm writing till about nine. Uh, weekends, I'm running gigs. Then, like in two weeks I'll be workshopping so I'll be day job workshopping while running gigs it's like the work man it's it, it's like it is like another job yeah you know it, it, it doesn't happen without that without that passion basically I've had a lot of relate past relationships potential relationships broke down and it's it's horrible right because I'm not proud of it but I, I've had past relationships where people have turned around to me and said I feel like you are more invested in your art than you are in me. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell them that they're wrong. Yeah. And it's it's such a hard, like it, it, it's such a, it's an investment. And, yeah. and I don't, I think you just have that desire or you don't, yeah. you know? And, and like, I think even now, if I, if I was in a position where somebody kind of said, you're working too much, I just don't think I'd be able to stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you're doing it for yourself? 
being better or oh, yeah as an excuse also to turn people away no i don't i don't think i use it as an excuse right but i definitely think like how can i put it It's not that it's an, it's not that it's necessary an excuse because it's always genuine. Yeah. But I definitely think that I am just so invested, really, like really invested in it, to a point of where it's not healthy, and I'm fully willing to accept that some aspects of it aren't healthy. Um. So I think it is very genuine, but I also think that when you say like, as I use it as an excuse to to move away from relationships, I think say if I was past relationships, yeah, yeah, used as a tool as well. As exactly. Yeah. So right. So say that there's one that's really springing to mind a relationship that I had where because I I wasn't necessarily happy in it, I fed more into my art. So that's where it kind of became a tool. Yeah. Do you know where I was just like, oh yeah, do you know I'm gonna go to this gig tonight. Now I'm gonna go and write tonight. Oh sorry, I can't meet up with you. But I wasn't saying I couldn't meet up with you because I'm writing and then at home watching TV yeah. like I was genuinely was because I was going through such a, a, a turbulent time that the only way I could get away from it was from writing you know because yeah. I didn't have to feel that and then yeah. I could just write about anything and um, yeah, yeah it's 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 a hard one yeah. I think I think being associated or having a relationship be it a friendship or whatever kind of relationship it is with an artist it's it's time consuming and it's hard yeah Um, well, I just don't want to change it <laughs> but for you man um, I'm putting you on the spot here and it's out don't mind if, if you if you say no or if it's not alright but would you mind performing a uh, poem mm-hmm. for us is that alright yeah 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 we give a round of applause um, I guess I'll just do a little love poem because it's mad easy to digest you know um, whatever you want wrote this poem for uh, someone who I liked when I was about 18 I remember giving it to her and saying this is a poem for you and I remember I saying, like, that's a great poem. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, I still like it. Though. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's about an unrequited love, I suppose, when you're sitting and you're looking at someone. You know, when you're looking at someone, you're like, oh, I wish I could say something. Because I get real awkward. I'm actually a very uh, anxious person when it comes to conversation. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's called Another Little Love Now. So, what's up? See, we locked eyes from across this melody bar and you are shining out like a star in the bright atmosphere of eternal galaxies. You are the Colleen that never ceases to amaze me. With a sweet physique, you got a slick mystique and have me acting like a freak and I just got to admit that I'm weak to your black magic. All these spells filled with dark temptations. I have vivid hallucinations and fixations of our past that never even existed. I'm talking about dreams of our future that seem so distant, but it's just a lost dream stuck in a constant cycle of sleep because I failed to reach the point of introducing myself. So it's at home on Facebook, right? Virtually give us a part with a slick thumbs up and then I wonder if that's enough to spark an interest. See, the truth is I have an excess of emotions that I can't even express because I'm an actual social mess. Like, I never really know how to ignite a conversation. So I just talk about a few amount of shit and then sit there awaiting some form of intellectual response from it. And I'm well and truly hopeless when it comes to flirtation. I still feel as if my skills never meet general expectations. Like, I'm still understanding how flirting always work. Right? I haven't a fucking clue what I'm doing with it, right? And even though I kind of find it awkward, I guess it's better than the torture that I endure from just sitting in a corner and staring at you 
And I guess the reason that I look so afraid when you're approaching is because I actually am. See, I never know what to say, so I just smile and nod. But in my imagination, all these fireworks are going off. It's like my mind ignites the spark starting the path to this adventure. And I can't wait to endeavor being the one reason that you have a smile plastered on your face. Make sure you never feel like a waste of space. Colleen, I want you to get lost in this embrace. One thousand little love notes. They've been distilled into one tiny little poem. And honestly, I highly doubt that you'll ever even know you inspired this piece of true desire. I mean, you remind me of a female Jackie Wilson. Your love, it's lifting me higher. Oh, I'm getting real impressed at how we sing, by the way. I think I read somewhere that science dictates when two lovers get lost, guys, and each other's eyes, the heartbeats, they synchronize. And I think that's why I'm left hypnotized by it. But I'm a butler, and I don't say it. I just sit here writing these rhymes filled with cryptic love notes. Another message in a bottle, just another sappy love note so I can finally gain recognition. See, all I do is envision the thoughts of you and I venturing on the sweetest of dispositions, Colleen. Listen, I now know what Marvin gave him when he said that a sea was storming inside of him. Because I'm left on a paddle boat in a vast majestic gulf of what I call lust and trust. That's not a word that comes up in my vocabulary much because I'm sick of words of fake affection. But somehow I feel like you're a step in the right direction. So I guess I'll just section off a page in the back of my notebook in dedication of my appreciation for you. You hold the beauty. And it's a beauty that radiates. Radiating like a thousand suns reflecting off the panes of a stained glass church window. You are angelic. In the form of a five foot two girl that always has a page in the back of my notebook and dedication for that. And you know what the maddest thing about the whole poem is, right? She didn't even know it was written about her. So she didn't even understand that that's how we felt at the time. But it I was alright with that. Still the poem. It's real casual, isn't it? What was the question? <laughs> Go on. Go on. I was like, I'll get back to the poem. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you were finished or not. No, no, we're quite, yeah. Keep, keep going. If you... <laughs> Don't have it say anyway. Ah, man, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. that was fucking brilliant. That see was... the roots of the rap there in the middle. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it's hip hop based, man. Yeah, rhyming schemes and stuff like that. I used to listen to so much rap. Still do. Um, even like Little Ways. Blondie. Blondie had the second ever rap. Number one with Rapture. The first was the Sugar Hill Gang, but then Blondie did. And I remember when I was young, I used to love Blondie. Oh, I had a massive crush on Blondie. <laughs> Blondie, George, Michael, and Boy George had a thing for George. Um, and Boy George ended up being a prick. <laughs> but uh, I remember Blondie with Rapture, and I remember sitting there and like just bopping with her. I Sugar Hill Gang in the seventies, just like bopping with this. Uh, it's such a great art form. I think rap is. I think it's clouded by just so much shit rappers around it and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, Man, I genuinely, that was that was really phenomenal. Um, first of all, you know, from a very very basic and primitive point of view, that you can just say that I know you put, as you said, you put a countless amounts of hours into it, but that's a poem that you wrote when you were eighteen, and yet you're able to like, boom, deliver it with incredible. I don't know, you, you, your performance oh, right man. there was was brilliant, really really impressive. I still think about it, and I still like it's not a. It's not necessarily performance, right? Because when I'm thinking about it, I'm still thinking about how good that was, right? And even though it was like, it's such, it should be such a bad moment, right? It really should, in hindsight. You should be looking back on it and you should be like, ah, oh, I was liking someone or whatever and it didn't work out. 
I still I was able to do it though. I was able to feel. I was an eighteen-year-old man that was able to tap into emotions of, of of being like, yeah, this is someone that isn't into me, but I still got to like that person, and I still got to know that person. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a beautiful. I'm mad into love, like I'm a bit of a hippie, but like I'm just mad into you. Sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> you just gotta it's love nice to see. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love people. Like honestly, you gotta, you know, in in every way, in a you can love someone in a platonic sense. Yeah, yeah you know, of course, yeah. Um, do you think you've managed to disconnect the poem from the person, or is it? Still yeah, 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 JJ, I don't. I actually don't even speak to that person anymore now. You know, I hope I hope that they're doing well. Um, and there's not any bad blood around. We just don't speak. But moved on. Um, like it's not. It's not personal to the person that I'm talking about, right? It's just personal to myself. It's it's it makes me happy, you know. Yeah. I had a, I had a great chat actually with um a friend of mine a little while ago. He was in a long term relationship and and it ended. And I remember, I, like I didn't get annoyed at him, but I remember being like, oh, it's, it's all just terrible now. Like oh, I hate that. I hate I hate it now. Like you know. And I was like, like you're just feeling emotions, but you had years of so many good times because of this person. Yeah. And are you gonna just allow almost pride? It's it's yeah. Like why are you angry here? You're just hurt, yeah. you know. And allow yourself to feel hurt, but don't dismiss. Be grateful for the good times that you had. Yeah, it was yeah. genuine, like yeah. you know. The journey, it's all about. Well, there is. There's yeah, right. a. I can't remember what it is, but there's a psychological, uh, whatever theory behind that. It's like if you watch a movie, right, and say you absolutely you love the whole movie and then the last 10 minutes are shite mm. <laughs> yeah. you 90% of people will leave the cinema going that was a shit film yeah but actually you enjoyed the majority of it it's a weird thing it's like if, if like a sour taste in your mouth or whatever mm. is left like all the scary movies <laughs> like all the scary like <laughs> I love Beetlejuice yeah. you know when he's in the head yeah. <laughs> like most of our podcasts like, yeah, um, exactly <laughs> Um, the ones you're in, at least. Come here, before, before you go, um, I'd actually uh, like to invite Luke up here because I didn't realise that the two of you know each other. So we can just put out the guitar for the moment. Just um, even if you could, there's, there's, there's enough space for the two of you. Um, <laughs> We've sat on tighter spaces. <laughs> um, you might have to share the mic if, if that's all right. But, um, Oh, jeez, the two of you look great together. Fucking <laughs> hell. The last, the last podcast that I did was Luke's podcast. Yeah, he was telling me yeah. before this. Um, how do you guys actually know each other? Uh, the international way. Circle yeah. sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's, 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 even if you can just jump in there, Luke. Down I, on the mic. I heard Emmett O'Brien's name before I knew who he was. I was, uh, I was touring around Germany, came back. I know while I was over there, David Halpin, who was the founder of Circle Sessions, says to me, have you met Emmett O'Brien? I was like, who <laughs> and then he's like because he's telling me he's like, this deadly poet he's, he's doing really fucking big stuff like you know and i was like no and then i came back and then i seen him perform in the international and i was like this i i just read i just related to him so much you know what i mean i yeah. could feel it like we came both came from working class backgrounds came from places where we were the boys or we thought we were the boys at least and then we found art and art became this thing that we grew through and it, like it was the escape as well like i had my own as emmett was talking about like you know his own stuff with drugs and stuff like that i had my stuff with drink you know and then yeah. i stopped drinking and stuff like that and then so when i seen when i seen emmett someone who was like six years younger than me but still i could relate to him like 
so so well and I was like I, I used to send Emmett things remember I used to send you be on yeah, the way I used, to, I used to be on the way home on the bus and I'd send them I'd, I'd see Emmett perform and I'd write a poem and then uh, I said it Emmett I was like what do you think of this he's like I love it and then like even getting that inspiration from him like you know it was just like we just yeah we just were brothers yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's, like it's a two way street and that's what like when I'm talking yeah. earlier on you walk into a room if it, if it wasn't for art, there's no way that we would have met each other. You know, we're just yeah. two completely different circles, right? But yeah. you walk into a room, and to hear that you're you're as captivated by me as I was by you, because I can remember when you started performing, and I was like, this like this lad, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like it, there's a genuine appreciation not only for artists but for people, and I think it's made us better people. Like, yeah. And, yeah. It's it's uh, the relationship that we hold is a really great one, you know. Yeah. I mean, like it's inspired me to write a lot. I'm sure it's inspired yeah. you to write a lot, and that in turn helps us grow. Mm. And it's been what's it like five, five years of it now, man. Twenty seventeen, yeah. I think we we yeah. started like proper. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And then we worked together as well. We wrote stuff, wrote yeah. songs together. Yeah. And stuff like that. We performed together. It's just it's great. Been, and then last year we did podcast together and now we're here <laughs> well um, I know he's six years younger than you but if anytime you want to borrow my shirt you can just <laughs> yeah, you're all right I'm going to borrow a shirt off anyone else I'll borrow off him left those in the world Emmett thanks a million for your time man we really appreciate it. you're like an inspirational man I have to say I, you, I've man. come away from this with I'm I'm not a poet, and that's not what I'm going to do. But it's just I I feel good now, and it's thanks to you, and I really appreciate your time. Zan, that I can say, it's that it doesn't need to be. You don't need to be inspired as a poet, and anyone listening, anyone watching, don't be inspired by a poet. Just be inspired to do something. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're doing now with this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it, it 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 all works in the same way. So um, if you want to become a poet, become a poet. If you want to run a podcast, run a podcast. Get in the nip if you want. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, <laughs> just do what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. And um, thank, thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. I'll leave you in the capable hands of Luke. Luke is going to play us a few songs. Whenever you're ready, take your time, Luke. Um, if anybody wants to grab a drink or you keep it rolling, yeah. Um, go get a drink or whatever, and then Luke can uh, play a few songs for us. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody. Um, give it up for Emma O'Brien, will you, lads? Please. <laughs> We talked a lot about mental health, so I'm going to do songs relating to mental health. And, and uh, yeah, so this song is called Orpheus, and it's about like working your way through a relationship and realizing that like it takes a lot to to make it happen, you know. So yeah.
It's just like about fighting your past battles and, and realizing that you can get through them. I, I wrote it for uh, for my girlfriend, so uh, I think we can all resonate through this this this, this kind of battle. Um, song's called Overtime. Let me tears in your eyes 
signs I can see your face The heartbreak left behind Don't have to tell me Don't have to tell me twice I can see your strength You'll reach the other side And over time You'll find your glory over time You'll write a different story over time You'll find yourself in Because um, he sang it with me a few times. I'm not going to ask you to sing, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just around this time last year, we did it. We did a gig in the cobblestone together. All the all the, the lockdowns, whatever. The, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> they just stopped, and everything everything was just kind of back open again. And we uh, we just did it. We sold it at the cobblestone, which was amazing. And then. I brought everybody outside to the, to, to the road and I got them all to like sing and, and, and dance. Emmett knows what I'm talking about when it comes to the dance. Um, <laughs> but uh, this song, for me, I wrote this song when I was um, I was going through a really, really hard time. Uh, I was, like Emmett, like, working flat out. I was, in 2015, I was trying to play 300 gigs in a year. Um, I got, it was like three months through. My voice was gone. My 
I started to lose love for, for things and I started to forget why I was doing it. And I struggled with my mental health for years and I, I know a few people in this room because of that struggle and because of how, it, how I turned that around into something bigger. Um, and this song is basically just a, a way of reminding myself and others that it's okay not to be okay. And I know it's said a lot, but it's the truth and we need to embrace that because there's a, obviously there's still a stigma and I think our generation, our generation, even you, Mark. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I think, I think we're, I think we're bringing it, bringing it back to. I'm only a few years younger than you, so it's not really to me. Um, but we're bringing it back, like, and I think the the younger generation is is changing it. But it's, there's still that thing around it, and having conversations like what Emmett did is it's important, you know. So yeah, this song's called Stones. Um, Not to talk to strangers, but when all else fails, the monster danger is never a stranger till they say hello. Come on, here's the green man, you've got to go. Cause everything feels bigger. When it's all piled up And little stones become boulders When they're held for long enough Skim your stones across the river And see how far they go And always let your feelings well, I was told to look both ways, not to judge our problems by what they weigh. But it's okay not to be okay, even though your happiness may feel like a phase. Cause everything feels Bigger when it's all piled up, and little stones become boulders when they're held for long enough. Skim your stones across the river and see how far they go. Always. Let your feelings flow. I know we're live on a podcast, lads. We're gonna, I'm gonna ask someone to sing with me. And um, Breedwin, can you join me? <laughs> yeah. Always 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.